Well, it's just a real privilege for me once again to be able to share a few thoughts with you wonderful people and um, just sending lots of love to you guys, praying for you. And um, I know it's such a difficult time we are in and I just hope I can bring a message today that will comfort you, challenge you, strengthen you. And uh, yeah, I just want to bring a message just to glorify glorify God, really. That's what it's all about. It's all about Him. No matter what circumstance, no matter what, what we are going through, all our praise, all our worship, it still needs to go to Him and Him alone. Because we do have an almighty God. God is so good. God is so great. He's so powerful. We worship a God who is unchanging. He, he, he doesn't change. He was the same than he was 2,000 years ago. Jesus coming on this earth, he was the same then than he was before time began. God is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We worship a God who is unchanging. We worship a God who is omnipotent. That means that he's all-powerful. He's all-powerful. All things are possible. He never uses the word impossible. God is the God of the impossible. He can do all things. He is omniscient. He knows it all. He knows everything. He knows every single detail about your life. He knows your history. He knows your experiences. He knows what you are feeling right now. He knows it all. He's omnipresent, which means that he's everywhere. God is everywhere. He created the world. He is everywhere in this world. He's not confined into one space. God is everywhere. God is eternal. He sees the past. He sees the present. And he sees the future. That is the God that we worship today. The Lord, our God, is our righteous saviour. It is only he who can restore mankind to himself. We worship a God who... Uh, the Lord who sanctifies, he lives within us to empower us to live holy lives. We worship a God who brings peace into our lives, peace that passes all understanding. We worship a God who is our healer. God heals. God provides. God protects. He fights for us. We're in a bit of a battle, aren't we? We feel like we're in a battle in this season. Give it to him. Worship him, the one who fights for you and who will deliver you and who will protect you. He's our shepherd. Psalm 23, he protects, he leads, he guides us, he feeds us, he cares for us. God is our restorer. This is the God that we worship today. David declares in the Psalms, you are awesome, O God, in your sanctuary. We worship an almighty God. And this powerful, wonderful, supreme God who reigns over everything draws near to you. He draws near to me. He draws close to the, to the lost. He draws close to the broken, to the bruised, to the helpless. He comes close. And Jesus came to draw close as he came to this earth. 
He came to demonstrate his power and he came to demonstrate his goodness. And I'm going to just share a few thoughts from this amazing passage today in John 4, where Jesus comes and meets with this Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. Jesus comes to demonstrate his power and his goodness to this woman who is feeling so low, who has been misunderstood, who is uneducated, who is poor, who has been mistreated, who is broken. And through a conversation with Jesus, God's power comes in her and transforms her and her town, Samaria. In John chapter 4, we see Jesus is journeying with his disciples. He's going from Judea to Galilee, and Jesus purposely goes through Samaria. It says in John 4, earlier on in verse 4, he had to go through Samaria. There was a purpose in this route. And it is important to note that this was such a dangerous place to travel to. See, to get to Galilee, um, it would... It would take the Jews usually six days because they would avoid going through Samaria. If you go through Samaria, it takes you three days. But there was pure passionately, passionately, passion, hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. Hatred between them. Jews would purposely avoid Samaria. They would purposely go around the longest way to get to where they needed to get to. They would avoid Samaria. But Jesus because of who he is, he just goes through Samaria. He says, he says to his disciples, this is where we're going. And the disciples still followed. It was here in Samaria that Jesus sat down by a well. It's the fact that he doesn't just cut through Samaria. He stops in Samaria. This disciples were thinking, what are we doing here? Do you not know what happens between us and the Samaritans? We hate each other. But Jesus stops in Samaria by the well, by this well. Jesus came to bring reconciliation between mankind, whether Jew or Samaritan. Jesus wanted to talk to this broken, this helpless, this lost woman. Whatever you are feeling today, some of you might be feeling a bit lost. Some, some of you might be feeling that you are living in darkness. Some people, you might, be, you might be feeling a bit hopeless, a bit helpless. Know this. God has come to talk to you. He stops right there with you. Just like he does with this woman. So what do we know about this woman? We don't know much about the details other than she was broken. See, was she immoral, constantly going through husband after husband? You know, Jesus reveals that truth. You have five husbands. You've had five husbands. Did they divorce her, though, or had they died? You see, it was... Women were not permitted to initiate divorces. See, this woman, was she a fallen woman, or was she a suffering woman? We don't know, but all that we do know is that she was so broken and she needed Jesus. And Jesus came 
and he decided that he would break the norm by going through Samaria, by going through this hostile territory and talking to a Samaritan woman. And let me just read these verses from uh, John 4. Jesus has this conversation, talks about her life, what she's experienced, her history. And then um, the, the Samaritan woman kind of shifts the conversation a little bit and moves on to the matters of worship. And this is what she says from verse 19 of John 4. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Amazing. This is the one time when Jesus has an extended conversation about worship. And from the eyes of the Jews... It is with the wrong gender and it is with, of all people, a Samaritan person. And Jesus comes to explain when, um, when this woman brings up matters of, of worship, where, should, where, where are people to worship? And Jesus begins to reveal that it's not about where you worship. It's about how you worship in spirit and in truth and I really want to just share just a few thoughts with you in the next few minutes on on what the heart, heart of worship is all about God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth the world is full of amazing churches and every church is different which is great and we can all find similarities. We all can find differences. We will have different ministries, different passions. And there are similarities. The one who we worship to. The Bible is the word of God. We believe that's the word of God. Yet there can be some kind of division in that at times through, through the translations. And so, the, And this is kind of a similar thing but not as brutal in terms of the Jews and the Samaritans that did, that did come together on this one thing, and that was that they, they believed the first five books, the Old Testament, the Torah. They each had those places of worship as well. You know, the Samaritans worshipped on Mount Gerizim. The Jews, they would worship in the temple in Jerusalem, on Mount Zion. However, what I want to communicate and what I believe God has put on my heart for, for today is that worshipping God, it's not about the location. It's not about the buildings. 
It's not about all that. Derby City Church, we have a wonderful building. It was our place, it's our place of worship gatherings. It's our place where we have we have encountered with Jesus. We have met with him. We have we have just been around other people surrounded by his presence. It's been a wonderful place to worship. But I want to hit the heart of what worship is all about. Firstly, I want to say is this the heart of worship is personal. The heart of worship is personal. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. It's not about the location. It's not about the gathering of people who you're with. Even though we love each other so much, first and foremost, the heart of worship is not about that. The heart of worship is all about how and who you worship. We have a personal God. God wants to meet with you and he calls us to meet with him. God is spirit. And that means he is always with you. He can be always with you when we decide to receive him in our lives. His spirit comes and dwells in us. We see Jesus has came to dwell among us. You know, he, he came to earth. He, he walked with, with people. He journeyed with people. He healed people. He did miracles. He ate with tax collectors. He, he spoke with Samaritans. Jesus came to dwell among us. And then we see in Acts, in the book of Acts, as Jesus just ascended to heaven, we now have God in us because of the Holy Spirit. It's gone from dwelling among us to dwelling in us. How amazing is that? The heart of worship is personal and so we can still unite with him today by worshiping him in the spirit we have a personal god god is so personal and jesus comes to show that he wants he wants to have this personal relationship with this broken lost woman he puts himself among the jews we worship what we do know we worship what we do know. He explains that he is a Jew, but he also says that salvation is from the Jews. He's trying to bring revelation to this broken woman. And Jesus came to Samaria to bring that revelation. God is personal and he can come and bring revelation and transformation to anybody. See, there are times where I've fallen, where there'll be times where we are, where are living in darkness. And it is only God that can come, that can confront us and comfort us like no, like no other. Jesus came to this woman to confront her, but also to comfort her. This is an amazing God that we worship. The heart of worship is personal. Allow him to confront us. We don't like that, but we need to allow him to, allow him to wake us up of what we are doing wrong in our lives. Allow him to wake, him, wake us up of the sin that we can be living in at times. He does that through the Holy Spirit, but he also comes to comfort us at the same time. Because he is personal and he dwells in us. God is spirit. Is the location really relevant when it comes to the heart of worship? See, I look back over the years and we would have mass gatherings. Um, growing up as a young person, I loved the festivals and young people. Oh man, we're good, aren't we? It would have been Limitless Festival this year. Over the previous years, it would have been Soul Survivor. 
and we, there's just an expectancy there that we're going to have a great time. We're going to meet with God. We're going to have an encounter with Jesus. And we would have that church in that same expectancy when we come on a Sunday morning together. There's an expectancy there. Don't get rid of that expectancy. It's not about the building. It's not about the mass gatherings. You can wake up every day with expectancy to meet with God. Because he is with us and he wants to continue to reveal new truths to us. Reveal more about who we are. And he does this because he is personal. The heart of worship is personal. We can easily get caught up in the production. We can easily get caught up in the location. We can get caught up in the lights with, in terms of the atmosphere, the vibes. We need to have good vibes. I love good vibes, but we can't get caught up in that. Because we will lose what it's all about. The heart of worship is about real life. It's about your offering to God no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what your, your experiences have been. The woman at the well begins to realise what the heart of worship is all about. It's not about going to the mountain. It's not about going into the temple in Jerusalem. It's about coming to him as you are no matter what you have done. No matter about your history, your experiences, it's simply coming as, your, as you, as your offering of all that you are, of all that you are carrying to him. It's about our human selves, our human spirit coming and allowing the divine spirit of God to come and just impact us and transform us. Receive Jesus today and find life. We, we worship a God that is personal. The heart of worship is so personal. Finally, I just want to say this. The heart of worship is Jesus-centered. It is Jesus-centered. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus is the truth. It's all about him. It's never about the, the songs that we, that we sing. It's about who we sing them to. Worship engages our mind and our heart. So when we worship, we worship with the truth of who he is. We worship with the truth of Jesus' teachings. Allow the streams of living water to flow from within us to worship. We need to be real. Engage our thoughts on Jesus, the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. The heart of worship is personal because God is spirit. The heart of worship is Jesus centered because Jesus is the truth. The heart of worship involves us, but it's not all about us. It's not about us at all. It's all about Jesus. We worship him because of who he is and for what he has done for us. He is worthy of all, of all our praise. He is worthy of all our praise. He is, worth, he is worthy of being worshipped through song, through prayer, through the love that we show to him, through the love that we show to others. Allow Jesus, the truth, to be in the centre of everything that we do. Sometimes we can allow the circumstances of life to take over. Let the truth that is Jesus take over every situation of your life. Put him at the centre of every situation of your life. We need to know that there's an enemy. 
There's an enemy that is trying to distract you from Jesus. The enemy is coming to try to kill, steal, steal and destroy. Jesus came to show us that we can have life and life to the full. Let the truth of Jesus take over. It is allowing the voice of truth to be louder than the voice of lies. The heart of worship is allowing the voice of truth to intervene with our reality. Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman. As mentioned, it was unheard of. It was culturally unacceptable for a man to speak with a woman privately. But not only he spoke to her, he spoke to her in her reality. He spoke to her history. He spoke into her experiences. Allow Jesus to speak into your life. Allow the truth to come into your life. Receive him right now. And you will be transformed. He says this. Whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst again. A spring of water welling up to eternal life. The heart of worship has got to be Jesus-centered. John further writes in 1 John 5 verse 20. Amazing verse. We know that the Son of God has come and given us an understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The heart of worship is allowing his voice to take over. And we do that by putting him in the center of everything that we do. This woman was transformed. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Allow Jesus to come and speak to you. Come back to the heart of worship. Some of you may have been on a journey with Jesus for years and kind of just distanced yourselves. The circumstances of life have taken over and you've allowed that to take over your life and we're just slowly drifting away. I want to encourage maybe some of you that are just, just hearing this this morning, come back to the heart of worship. Come back to the heart of worship that is personal. Come back to the heart of worship that is Jesus-centered. Come back to the one who loves you so much. Come back to the one who has a plan, who has a purpose for you, who wants to protect you, who cares for you, who wants to feed you, who wants to guide you. Come back to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Put Jesus at the center and find life. Receive Jesus today. Know the truth of Jesus today. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus. Let him reveal himself to you. Verse 25, verse 26 of John 4. I'm just coming to a close. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus, then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am him. I'm he. Jesus shatters all the religious concepts by revealing to this woman who he is. As you read further on in John 4, the Samaritan woman shares this amazing encounter she has with Jesus and many more 
in her town come and hear the words of Jesus and many more come and believe. Because of his words, many more became believers. Further on in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus says this, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Jesus came to be the saviour of the world and we can have forgiveness. We can be free because who the Son sets free is free indeed. Let me finish with this, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Receive Jesus today. He loves you. He died for you. He took it all on himself, all of our wrong, all of our sin, and he is alive and he can be alive in you today. Receive Jesus and find life. The heart of worship is personal. The heart of worship is Jesus-centered. You are awesome, O oh God, in your sanctuary. Where is he? He's in this church. He's in your life. He's in every circumstance. 1 John 4, 4. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Amen. The heart of worship is personal. The heart of worship is Jesus-centered. God bless you. We're going to come and uh, take communion. We're just going to come and remember and reflect of the amazing thing. Just the amazing sacrifice that Jesus, that Jesus came and did for us all.